Happy day, Rosa Garcia with Why Jesus. I am hoping you are having a terrific day that you were able to find all the good in your day rather than focusing on the negative and that that was able to bring smiles to you and help you feel the love and support of your family more than when we focus on the negative. So I know that some days are better than others, but I do my best to have a more positive mindset so that I can handle better what is thrown at me. And you know, and I know that we are being thrown at us or that there are a lot of things being thrown at us that are crazy and that we never thought would be thrown at us. But here we are. And so I'm glad to be here with you and to go through this lesson on Doctrine and Covenants with you. If you guys remember, we're going, for those that are new, we're going through the book called Come, Follow Me, put out by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. You can get a physical copy through Deseret Books, or you can download the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints app and do a search under library for Come Follow Me, and then you will have the week that we are currently on, or you can download or go to the website lds.org and do, again, a library search for Come Follow Me. And today's lesson is September 6th through the 12th. It's in Doctrine and Covenants and is covering sections 98 through 101. And it is titled, Be Still and Know That I Am God. Love the title. And the topics that we're going to cover are My Trials Can Work Together for My Good. The Lord wants me to seek peace in His way. The Lord takes care of those who serve Him. And lastly, following God's counsel helps keep me safe. So, it is a jam-packed lesson that helps you think a lot. Especially under our current affairs. I think it has helped me figure out how I should approach certain things. So I'm hoping that you will find something meaningful here as well. At least that is my prayer for you. So welcome everybody. It's just little me here. Not a professional podcast. Not a scriptorian. Just saying I am... Happy to share stuff that is making my life easier is my whole purpose and hoping that you will be able to find something here possibly. Um, It is your choice. Um, So, previous podcasts, especially the last one, we were talking about how God had asked the people to build him a temple so that he can come visit them and instruct them and be among them 
because he wants to be, but he is perfect and God does not dwell in unholy temples. And um, and that could be the temple physically here. If we are not living the commandments, we should not be going to the temple. Um, and if we, our physical body is also considered a temple, if we defile that with sin left and right, then we won't be able to hear God talking to us and trying to guide us and we might not feel of his love and comfort when we need it the most either. So, physical temple here to instruct us, to guide us, to give us strength in numbers. When we go there, we feel strong. Our body is a temple. We have total control over that. Um, at least if we make the right choices. When we don't make the right choices, we can lose control of this physical body if we get into drugs or other addictive measures that take away that freedom for our bodies to experience what they were fully meant to experience um, here on earth. And so that is probably the most important tool we have is our bodies because that is how we learn everything in our mortal experience. And certainly Satan, our enemy, our biggest enemy, is out to get us in every way, shape, or form. He attacks this body, this temple, in every way, shape, or form to try and put us in bondage in every way, shape, or form. Not only through the hardcore addictions, but through the small and simple things that you field you are not in bondage to and so this lesson is kind of an eye-opener to me about Satan's power and we are living in his world he's not hiding he's completely you know at the top of his long screaming um, who he is and how he's in control and we're seeing that uh, left and right on a daily basis he's going rampant left and right not hiding it anymore um, and so hopefully that is a little wake-up call for all of us to figure out what we need to do to contradict that and get off the bandwagon and get onto Heavenly Father's road and path. So the saints had been ordered or asked to build a temple and they kind of had neglected that for over six months and God said oh he had to chase uh, chasten them because they had not done so and it wasn't him chasing them it was more of them living the consequences of the fact that they were not following the commandments what he had asked them to do so they went through some trials there and then they did settle and build the temple but as we're going to read there was still not living all the commandments and therefore they were experiencing some horrible experiences and we'll see what God said about those experiences so here we go 
titled, Be Still and Know That I Am God. We're covering Doctrine and Covenants, Section 98 through 101. And I am going to read the summary because it does better than I do. For the saints in 1830, Independence, Missouri was literally the promised land. It was the center place of Zion, the city of God on earth, which they were making great sacrifices to build. To them, the gathering of saints there was exciting and glorious prelude to the second coming. But their neighbors in the area saw things differently. They took issue with the claim that God had given the land to the saints and they were uncomfortable with the political, economic, and social consequences of so many people from an unfamiliar religion moving into an area so quickly. Soon, concern turned into threats, and threats turned into persecution and violence. In July of 1833, the church's printing office was destroyed, and in November, the saints were forced to abandon their homes in Jackson County, Missouri. Joseph Smith was over 800 miles away in Kirtland, and this news took weeks to reach him. But the Lord knew what was happening, and he revealed to his prophet principles of peace and encouragement that would comfort the saints, principles that can also help us when we face persecution, when our righteous desires go unfulfilled, and when we need a reminder that our daily afflictions will eventually somehow work together for our good. So... If you recall, uh, the Lord had chastened them, and here we will find out later that they had, some of them were still not living the best, and therefore there were consequences to that. And um, But some of them were suffering unjustly, and, you know, they were being persecuted, thrown out, Houses burned, you name it. Kind of like today. Wow. Amazing, isn't it? How we go through the same patterns. And it doesn't seem like we are learning either. So hopefully some of us will choose and maybe overcome some of the horrible things that are coming through. So in any event, um, I'm going to read you one verse here that strikes at the core. As says, therefore he giveth this promise unto you with an immutable covenant that they shall be fulfilled and all things wherewith you have been afflicted shall work together for your good and to my name's sakes and to my name's glory, saith the Lord. So, you know, there's a saying out there that says, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And that is so true. So the Lord says that all things shall work together for thy good. And you can't possibly figure that out when you're going in through the midst of horrible things. <coughs> but eventually we come to figure out that what we learn through those horrible experiences truly become our strengths and make us who we are. And so... It's hard to accept those while we're going through them, 
but he does strengthen us. And here is what I like here. This topic, it says, my trials can work together for my good. Some of our afflictions in life are caused by our own choices. Others are caused by the choices of others. And sometimes no one is to blame. Bad things just happen. Regardless of the cause, adversity can help fulfill divine purposes. As you read what the Lord said unto the saints, hardships in Doctrine and Covenants 98, 1 through 3 and 11 through 14, 101, 1 through 16, what do you find that can help you with your trials? How can these verses influence the way you view the challenges you face? Ponder how your trials have worked together for your good and accomplished God's purpose in life. So, we're going to read some of these verses here so that you can see um, what he means when he says, Your trials can work together for my good. It says, Verily I say unto you, my friends, fear not, let your hearts be comforted. Yea, rejoice, rejoice even more, and in everything give thanks, waiting patiently on the Lord, for your prayers have entered into the ears of the Lord of the Sabbath, and are recorded with the seal and testament. The Lord has sworn and decreed that they shall be granted. Therefore, Give unto you a commandment that ye shall forsake all evil and cleave unto all good, that ye shall live by every word which proceedeth forth out of the mouth of God. For he will give unto the faithful line upon line, precept upon precept, and I will try you and prove you herewith. And whoso layeth down his life in my cause for my name's sake shall find it again, even life eternal. Therefore be not afraid of your enemies, for I have decreed in my heart, saith the Lord, that I will prove you, prove you in all things wherewith, whether you will abide in my covenant even unto death, that you may be found worthy. So... I love these scriptures. I think we need to focus on the good that he is saying here. And the other to me is just the consequences of some of these things that they were talking about. Some of our afflictions in life are caused by our own choices. And others are caused by somebody else's choices. And sometimes just there's no one to blame. Bad things just happen. But nonetheless, God is saying... It will be worth it. It says um, that he will grant all of our prayers. It's, you know, that is just if they're righteous and we're living the way we're supposed to, those are granted. They're decreed that they shall be granted. And I love how he says, fear not, let your hearts be comforted. Uh, rejoice and in everything give thanks and so and then he says here I give you a promise with an immutable covenant that they shall be fulfilled in all things wherewith you have been afflicted shall work together for your good and to my name's glory saith the Lord 
But I love 11, and that is the main focus of the world today. We have kicked God out of this country, and we are just reaping the whirlwind of having made that choice. And obviously there are, you know, a great majority that did not choose to do that. But, you know, the polls say we did, but that is debatable. The bottom line is we are reaping the whirlwinds of all those that are choosing to kick God out of their lives. And we are sharing the same world. Therefore, we are reaping some of the same consequences. Um, but to a certain degree, we may be spared in many aspects that they will not be spared. And it says here, I give unto you a commandment that ye shall forsake all evil and cleave unto all good, that ye shall live by every word which proceedeth forth out of the mouth of God. For he will give unto the faithful line upon line and precept upon precept, and I will try you and prove you herewith. So, forsake all the evil that you hear out there. I'm telling you, evil is if you have to point the finger at someone else to feel better. That is evil. It is. That's not the way God wants us to feel better in this life. That is... He wants us to take full responsibility for where we're at in life. And if we are reaping the whirlwind, like I said, um, we are reaping the consequences of uh, God being ripped off out of this country. No longer focusing on him in any way, shape, or form. And um, it's just... Like he said to the saints in Missouri, if you need to forsake all your sins so that you can be blessed, and if you are not, you will reap the whirlwind. And that's not, he's not punishing us. It's just the consequence of us not living the commandments. There's negative consequences to that, and there's positive. And so we are reaping the negative consequences of that, that we've allowed this to happen thinking nothing major would happen and here we are major is happening and so we have to restore things repent and turn away from evil forsake it completely and cleave I, I love that word cleave unto all good that means grab yourselves from everywhere you can hold on to it because all good is being ripped apart, taken away from this world currently. And so, number 12 says, For he will give unto the faithful line upon line, precept upon precept. What does that mean? It says those that are living the gospel, those that are really trying to live the commandments, and that are trying to do the right thing, God will reveal truth upon truth 
so that we can know which way to go. Reveal means precept upon precept. He's given us here a little, there a little, because we can't handle it all at once. So it's kind of like someone lighting the next step in front of you so you know which way to go. That's how God is talking to us in these latter days. And we need to be able to have the temple of our body undefiled and making the best choices that we can and living the gospel to our fullest potential so that we can be in tune to receive the truth that he is placing before us to help us take the next few steps. Um, he will guide us. He will still help us find joy and peace in the midst of chaos. I know that happens for sure and I can testify of that so I love these verses that tells us that and then it says therefore be not afraid of your enemies for I have decreed in my heart saith the Lord that I will prove you in all things whether you will abide in my covenant even unto death that you may be found worthy we should not be afraid of all our enemies out there, those that are trying to make us look like we are not here to do the common good, what everybody else needs for you to do for the good of everything. Because we know that Satan is disguising that, his blatant deceit in making evil look good and good look evil. He's the master at it, and currently he's doing that to the best. He's mastered his craft through the ages, and here we are uh, living just that. And so the saints were experiencing some of that through some of their choices and then some of the choices of the bad people in the area. But a lot of them were persecuted and they lost everything. And it's devastating, but the glorious reward that awaited them when they left this earth, I'm sure in their mind is, I will go through that again if I needed to because of all the blessings that they are receiving because they endured things well. And so the next scripture here says, so those were fabulous scriptures. The next ones um, help us um, understand um, some of these persecutions can get really, uh, I don't know what the word is, um, horrible for some of us and, and for, not for others and we, we see that this is happening in those countries where um, other religions rule and that some Christians are being persecuted and um, some Westerners just from being from the West are you know killed and maimed and whatever not for for what they stand and believe from you know, on. So 
I'm going to read some of this because I believe it is pertinent and we need to learn from the past what may be in store in the future if we do not stay on the covenant or promise path that we uh, made a promise to stay on. It says, Verily I say unto you concerning your brethren who have been afflicted and persecuted and cast out from the land of their inheritance, I the Lord have suffered the affliction to come upon them wherewith they have been afflicted in consequence of their transgressions. Yet I will own them, and they shall be mine in that day when I shall come to make up my jewels. Therefore they must needs be chastened and tried, even as Abraham, who was commanded to offer up his only son. For all those who will not endure chastening but deny me cannot be sanctified. Behold, I say unto you, there were jarrings and contentions and envyings and strives and lustful and covetous desires among them. Therefore, by these things, they polluted their inheritances. They were slow to hearken unto the voice of the Lord their God. Therefore, the Lord their God is slow to hearken unto their prayers, to answer them in the day of their trouble. In the day of their of their peace, they esteem lightly my counsel, but in the day of their trouble of necessity, they feel after me. Verily I say unto you, notwithstanding their sins, my bowels are filled with compassion towards them, and I will not utterly cast them off. And in that day of wrath, I will remember mercy. I have sworn, and the decree hath gone forth by a former commandment, which I have given unto you, that I would let fall the sword of mine indignation in behalf of my people. And even as he, as I have said, it shall come to pass. Mine indignation is soon to be poured out without measure upon all nations, and this will I do when the cup of their iniquity is full. And in that day, all who are found upon the watchtower, or in other words, all mine Israel shall be saved, and they that have been scattered shall be gathered, and all they who have mourned shall be comforted, and all they who have given their lives for my name's sake shall be crowned. Therefore let your hearts be comforted concerning Zion, for all flesh is in my hands. Be still and know that I am God. Wow, isn't that powerful scriptures there? And yes, these people went through a lot, but God just said it's because of their transgressions. They sinned horribly, and they're reaping the whirlwind consequences of their horrible sins that they committed um, and so they were being persecuted and thrown out and were going through some harsh stuff but in the end God still will take them and help them because all the bad things that they're going through even though the majority it's because of the choices they were making unrighteous choices those pains and aches and persecutions are making them better. 
are sanctifying them so that they can be in the presence of God one day. And so God will take them at the end. He says they polluted their inheritances with all those jarrings and contentions and envyings and strifes and lustful and covetous desires among them. So it says, it's funny, when they had peace, they didn't look for me, they didn't hearken to my word, they didn't listen and obey the commandments. But when they saw all the bad things coming, then they were quick to, God, help me. And he says, well, they were slow to pray to me before, so I'm slow to hear them. You know, God doesn't punish us. We punish ourselves. Granted, sometimes the choices of other people come upon those that have not made those choices. But in the end, we are sealed as gods. He will prepare us to be with him in the next life and give us all the blessings that we couldn't receive here on the earth because of such wickedness. So I am grateful for these words here that literally say that my trials can work together for my good. Alrighty, and so the next section, well, let's see, this one had, see also Nephi to, to nevertheless, Jacob, my first one in the wilderness, thou knowest the greatness of God, and he shall consecrate thine afflictions for thy gain. And ninety twenty four. Search diligently, pray always, and be believing in all things shall work together for your good. And if you walk uprightly and remember my covenant, wherewith ye have covenanted one with another. So his promise is sure, sure, sure. That gives me strength. I don't know about you guys, but it's reading this that helps me feel better about my tomorrows. So this says, the Lord wants me to seek peace in his way. So, you know, a lot of these persecutions and the way our enemies deal with us can bring out the worst in us. And so God is trying to remind us here that, hey, God wants me to seek peace in his way, not your way. So it says, while nothing, while not everything in Doctrine and covenants will apply to your personal interactions with others. What principles do you find that can guide you when you are wronged by others? It may be helpful to mark words or phrases describing the how the Lord wanted the saints to handle the conflict in Missouri. So here we are. Um, we're going to read this part here so we get it all. And so... Let's see what you guys think about this. Now I speak unto you concerning your families. If men will smite you or your families once, and ye bear it patiently, and revile not against them, neither seek revenge, ye shall be rewarded. But if ye bear it not patiently, it shall be counted unto, accounted unto you as being meted out as a just measure unto you. And again, if your enemy shall smite you the second time, and you revile not against your enemy, and bear it patiently, your reward shall be a hundredfold. And again, 
If he shall smite thee the third time, and ye bear it patiently, your reward shall be doubled unto fourfold. And these three testimonies shall stand against your enemy, if he repent not, and shall not be blotted out. And now verily I say unto you, if that enemy shall escape my vengeance, that he be not brought into judgment before me, then ye shall see to it that ye warn him in my name that he come no more upon you, neither upon your family, even your children's children, unto the third and fourth generation. And then if he shall come upon you, on your, or your children, or your children's children, unto the third and fourth generation, I have delivered thine enemy into thy hands. And then if thou wilt spare him, thou shalt be rewarded for thy righteousness and also thy children and thy children's children unto the third and fourth generation. Nevertheless, thine enemy is in thine hands, and if thou rewardest him according to his works, thou art justified. If he has sought thy life, and thy life is endangered by him, thine enemy is in thy hands and thou art justified. Behold, this is the law I gave unto my servant Nephi, and the, thy fathers Joseph and Jacob and Isaac and Abraham, and all mine ancient prophets and apostles. And again, this is the law that I give unto mine ancients, and they should not go out unto battle against any nation, kindred, tongue, or people, save I the Lord commanded them. Then I, the Lord, would give unto them a commandment and justify them in going out to battle against that nation, tongue, or people. And I, the Lord, would fight their battles and their children's battles and their children's children's until they have avenged themselves on all their enemies to the third and fourth generation. Behold, this is an ensample unto all people, saith the Lord your God for justification before me. And again, verily, I say unto you, if after thine enemy has come upon thee the first time, he repent and cometh unto thee, praying for forgiveness, thou shalt forgive him, and shall hold it no more as a testimony against thine enemy. And so unto the second and third time, and so oft thine enemy repenteth as trespass therewith, he has trespassed against thee, thou shalt forgive him until seventy times seven, and if he trespass against thee and repent not the first time, nevertheless thou shalt forgive him. And if he trespass against thee the second and repent not, nevertheless thou shalt forgive him. And if he do this, thou shalt forgive him with all thine heart. And if he do not this, I the Lord will avenge thee of thine enemy an hundredfold, and upon this children, and upon his children's children, of all them that hate me, unto the third and fourth generation. But if the children shall repent of their children's, okay, let me see here, children of them that hate me, unto the third and fourth generation, and if the children shall repent, or their children's children, and turn to the Lord their God, with all their hearts and with all their might, mind and strength, and restore fourthfold for all their trespasses wherewith they have trespassed or wherewith they f 
their fathers have trespassed or their fathers' fathers, then thine indignation shall be turned away and vengeance shall no more come upon them, saith the Lord thy God, and their trespasses shall never be brought any more as a testimony before the Lord against them. So, you know, persecution or our enemies we need to bear it patiently and then if it continues he says if we bear it patiently it will bless up to our fourth generation if we don't then the same will happen but so he's saying he will justify us after the fourth time and he will place that enemy in our hands and we will be justified to do whatever we need to to protect ourselves and our families and um but through all that whole thing he said we must forgive all of their things they do against us all he did not say one or two or after the fourth one you should not he told us that of defending ourselves after the fourth time but as far as forgiveness we forgive all the time no matter what and that way our children up to the fourth generation will be blessed for us doing that so i don't know about you but that gives me some pretty powerful incentive on doing the best that i can to endure patiently and to still deal with my neighbor kindly as much as possible. And if I show the Lord I've been patient, there will come a point where he says, I've delivered thine enemy before thy hands, and you are justified in protecting yourself and your family and loved ones. And so, bottom line, he gives us some freedom there, but not on forgiveness. We must forgive them everything and that's probably the hardest thing for us to do because we want to just give back some of the stuff they unleash on us but nonetheless he is merciful and either way he's with us and he'll take care of us and the reward will be fourfold if we endure well and so I'm grateful for the way that he's showing us to seek peace in the world unlike how he how we see the world of we want reparations for the past and all this violence and takedown of everything this nation has ever stood for because of it this is how we know that that does not come from god this is how we know what those people stand for and we know that unless they repent it's not looking good for them my friends and um, and we just hope that we are living the best way possible so that we can overcome some of this and not let some of that stuff touch us or our lives or affect us um, as negatively as it can if we are not living righteously so this tells me how to deal with my current day 
of affairs. And um, this is where we were teaching the uh, six-year-olds turning seven this year on trying to teach these principles. And the best way that I thought of is like, well, let us give them a kind cup where they can put a little rock in it every time they deal with someone that is not being nice to them. Uh, if they deal with it patiently in the right way, they can put a little rock in there and then they can measure how much kindness they've dished out to those that are not the nicest to them so that they can have a little something to measure how they're doing. And I'm a visual person, so I like that measuring visual um, that helps me understand that I need to be a peacemaker and dish out more kindness than perhaps is coming my way, but because that's how God wants us to deal with things, and that is the big promise is that it will bless my children's children up to the fourth generation. So God bless you for, you know, whatever decision you need to make on this, but I hope he blesses all with patience to do things as he wants us to do it so that we can partake of all the blessings that he has talked about in these lessons. So I am grateful for that. And so the last one says, the Lord takes care of those who serve him. And absolutely, if you and I serve him in these ways that we just read on the scripture, he will bless us. And the last one says, following God's counsel helps keep me safe. And most definitely, he will keep us safe from everything that's coming our way as much as we choose to live as close to him as possible we will overcome and so i hope that you um can feel that and know that god is a god of love and mercy and he's willing to bless us, uh, especially if we are living the commandments. And he will fight our battles and give us strength and prepare a better place for us to be after this is all over and done with. Um, and I love this blessing here. It says, and this shall be my seal and blessing upon you, a faithful and wise steward in the midst of mine house, a ruler in my kingdom. And so this is, he's going to seal a blessing upon us, the faithful, if we live faithful and um, give us a reward in his kingdom. And boy, that sounds better than anything here. And so God bless you and your loved ones and give us strength to be as patient and kind as possible is my prayer. And so this is Rosa O. Garcia signing off with Why Jesus.